You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. There is, I was talking to Jay about this. Um, He was talking about a song concept that he's working on right now and just talking about how it just feels too big for him to really put words to at this moment. And that's how I feel this morning. The word that the Lord has had on my heart for several weeks before I even knew I was going to be preaching, it just seems too big. Um, And so I'm going to do my best to boil it down to what the Lord wants to say as clearly as possible uh, and just trust that he'll get the message across. But this is a big Sunday. This is a big Sunday. This is a Sunday where I hope our thinking is rewired a little bit. Um, today I'm going to be talking about how to fight. Right? Jaden just got excited, right? pumped about time. That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about how to fight. We're in a fight. Okay, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says, Finally be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are in a fight. And too often times we forget that. Too often times I forget that, that we are in a fight. Um, If you'll turn to Matthew 9, we'll be in verse 35. But I've got to start this morning by addressing something that I had spoken earlier this year, very, very early in this year, I think in February. Um, It was shortly after the word that Randy brought about what this year was going to be. It was going to be a year of great faith. Um, This is one of those mornings where I hope there's faith in the bank for you. I hope that the relationship that you have with God, I hope that there's faith for the for the moment that's coming. Uh, this is a big thing that I'm asking you to believe this morning. Um, but what the Lord showed me, I was teaching, I can't remember who I was teaching exactly, but I was teaching at the pool, and the Lord showed me that He wants to raise up intercessors. Okay, I've taught these kids about this extensively. We went over intercession, and that we would know who these intercessors are because they're captivated by the desires of the Father's heart. And you'd be able to see it. All right, awesome. And so in this study, I began to look at, okay, what is intercession? Because in my, I think intercession, I just think, okay, praying, intercession, that's it. It's so much more than that. Intercession is offensive. It's not defensive. It is, it is violent. It is ferocious. It is us going to places where we see darkness and not waiting on the Lord to say, please go there. Because if we've seen it, we've been anointed to do it. And so that's intercession is going to those places offensively and taking care of those moments and not waiting. But too oftentimes we just sit in the defensive waiting. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? Forgetting that in the will of God, we have freedom. In the will of God, we have freedom to see that which is, of not, which is not of his kingdom and go and take care of it. To see a stronghold that is not of God and go and destroy it and establish his kingdom in those places. 
That's what we're to live. That's the kind of life that we're to live as Christians. It's an offensive life. And so do we have the desires of the Father's heart? Do we know the desires of the Father's heart this morning? Are we captivated by those things? Are we a people that live captivated by God? I mean, just think of the Gideon ministry. That's fascinating. That a man that the Lord knew was going to die in combat, he gave him a Bible that he would find the Lord and several others would find the Lord. He would give him this creative idea of how to be baptized. They would receive the fullness of all that God has for him. And what they didn't know were their last days. That's the kind of God that we serve, that he would chase you to the ends of the earth to find you. That's captivating to me. That's captivating. And we get to be a part of that. Right? We get to be the vessels in which God will chase others down. Just as he's chased us down, we get to be the ones that chase others in his name. That's awesome. It's captivating. Are we captivated by not only what he wants to do in and through you personally, but he want, what he wants to do in our city, collectively? in our schools, in our state, in our country, in our world? Are we captivated by those things? Because he wants us to be. He wants us to ask, what are you doing right now? So that he can show us that we could live in captivation of our Father. He wants us to live captivated. Look at Matthew 9, verse 35. This is a very common passage. Um... But maybe I want to highlight something we haven't seen before. In verse 35, it says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Sheep without a shepherd. A harvest with too few laborers. And now this is a common passage. We've read this a few times before, and I was reading this Wednesday in preparation for uh, Bible study. Uh, Looking at this, and the Lord highlighted this. There are people right now in churches, not in churches, maybe people right here in this room that are praying for a move of God. They're praying for a miracle. They're praying for God to show up. They're praying for peace, for hope, for love, for healing. They're praying for something. And what is God's answer? They're praying for laborers. We have prayed for laborers. I've been, I've sat in Randy's office as we've prayed for laborers. So what did God send? What is his answer? His answer is you. He sent you. You are the answer. You may be the answer to your own story. Maybe you're praying for a work environment that's not healthy. And he's like, should I tell him or? He sent you. If the work environment's not healthy and you're there and you're here right now, I'm telling you right now, you're the answer. 
Because what you carry into that place is anointed. What you carry into that place is freedom, is power, is hope for the hopeless, joy for the orphan. Man, that's in you. You are the answer. We don't look at that, though. We're waiting. God, send it, send it. I want to see that next work of God. He's like, man, when you get off the couch, the next work of God is coming. Because I've sent you to be the vessel that's going to be a part of that. He's just waiting on us to operate in obedience. But he has sent you. Be encouraged with that this morning. You are the answer to so many people's prayers outside of this building. That is you. No one else. He sent you. And there are lives attached to your obedience. Man, and that's exciting for me. That gets me pumped up. He has sent you. He has sent you to co-shepherd. He sent you to co-labor. So how do we fight? How do we co-labor? How do we co-shepherd? And this is, there's so much in this and there's so many answers to this, but God has brought me to one specific aspect of it that we have to talk about today. Um, And it's only one piece of it. But how do we fight? How do we co-shepherd? How do we co-labor with God? It's praise. It's worship. That's the area I want to talk about today. I want to equip you with the understanding that how you fight and how the Lord has anointed you to co-shepherd, this is, for, this is true for all of us, is praise. It's worship. It's what we just did. And I want us to look at that a little bit differently. But first, I'm just going to spit off a ton of scripture at you. Um, don't try to follow along because I'm going to go too fast, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it'll be up on the screen, though. Second Chronicles 2022. 20, if anybody could get there quickly, that would be impressive. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judea. And they were defeated. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. An army that was seeking to destroy them, their answer was praise God. They said, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And that was the outcome. The armies were defeated. One of the ways that we praise and worship in our daily life is just by giving thanks. We overlook it, but thanks is the key to peace that surpasses all understanding. You want to access that peace? Give thanks. And you'll have it. It's the key to open the door. Thanks is so crucial. Thanks recognizes that in a moment, this moment seems too great for me to understand. It seems like it's going to swallow me up, but I will praise you no matter what. It also gives you perspective. Oh my goodness, have you ever been in a moment that you're like, this is, this is the end, I'm done. This is going to destroy me. And then you start giving thanks to God for the little things. Man, I mean like, I have shoes on my feet. I have a house and a bed. I have AC in West Texas. Amen, right? I mean, little things. And then that situation just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Give thanks, there's power in that. Psalm 103, 2 through 4, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, 
who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Ephesians 1, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So there is power in our praise. There is power in our thanksgiving because he inhabits those. Psalm 22, verse 3 says that he inhabits all praises of his people. He physically takes residence in the praises that we just sang. He fills every word, every sound, every beat. He fills those. He inhabits the praise of his people. 1 Peter 2.9, this is just a reminder for you. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, so this is the crazy part. That's all like intro, right? Now we're getting in it. This is, this is the part that had me about, I'm still, I'm trying to keep my feet still on the stage and not just jump off, start going crazy. I was prepping Wednesday night at the school um, in between athletic periods for my high school Bible study. Sitting with the Lord, writing my lesson out, and the Lord hit me with something. And I had to, I, I told Jay this, I had to immediately stop what I was doing. I had to call Jay and share the thought. We had to play a song. We have to do it. It's that song that we just played after Days of Elijah. It's a new one, simple one. We're going to do it again, but we had to do it. We had to play it. There was such an urgency in me. I felt like I was going to explode if I didn't tell Jay right then in that moment. I couldn't write it down and wait for later. It had to be right then. I had to share this. And so the thought that the Lord hit me with, and this is, this is a common thought. This is something that my kids see and have been taught and know over the last several years. They know this to be true. But the Lord does not speak. Or the Lord does, woo, watch out, Parker. The Lord speaks, not Parker. There it is. You can see how that could be not good. Um, the Lord speaks, not Parker. I sit and these kids know that I sit and I wait. And if, it's, if it requires me to sit and wait five minutes before we're supposed to start the Bible study for the word of God for that moment, I will. I will not speak on my own accord because I don't want to be held responsible for that. We know that to be true about Randy. And I hope you know that to be true right now as I'm speaking to you. None of this spoken is of my own accord. It is from God. And so with that, he hit me with this thought. I mean, I'm in the coach's office, and there are other coaches in there, and I'm just, like, weeping. And like, there goes Parker crying again. Um, but this thought hit me that if my kids hear the word that the Lord has on Wednesday and they receive it, then that school Thursday looks different. Because they've received the truth for themselves. They begin to live it out. And that building across the street is one of the first recipients of it. That it would shift that dynamically and that quickly. Because one word of God was released and one word of God was received. That's the important part. 
That's the part I had no control over, which is frustrating. Very frustrating. But I, I had no control over that. But that thought that every Wednesday we could come into the, my living room and that city would look different when we leave it, when we leave my living room than it did when they came in. Powerful, powerful thought. And so this was my thought for this morning. And this is all, this happened within about 30 seconds. And the Lord will do this. He'll download a million things into me like that. He's like, do you get it? I'm like, I, I don't know what just happened. You're going to have to repeat it. And so he's been repeating it over the last few days. But when we come in here with expectant faith, when we come with the understanding of who God has created us to be, what he's spoken not only over you individually, what he's spoken over this congregation. And when we come with that understanding and we begin to praise God in this building, then the city that we left when we came in here looks different when we leave. There's no other way. I can't find anything in scripture that would say that that's not how it goes. That's not the chain of events because if he inhabits our praise, and we believe the presence of God is here right now, and we are praising His name, how can the kingdom of God not be established in this moment? How can anything that would stand against His name right now still be standing? Can't. I don't believe it. It cannot. Nothing can stand against God's elect. And so, when the sons and daughters of the creator of everything come alongside their father, we establish his kingdom with our praise. We co-shepherd, we co-labor. That's what we're doing. When we're singing, we're co-shepherding, we're co-laboring with Christ, and his kingdom is being established. So as we sing more and more of his kingdom grows and establishes itself here, it establishes itself in Leveland, in Ropes, in Lubbock, in West Texas, because this is the really cool part of this. That God has called this place to be an emergency room. So we don't have just one city gathered in here. We have many. Praise God. Because he's doing a work for all of those cities. And so that doesn't, that doesn't mean that just because we gather in sundown, that sundown's affected by our praises. Sundown is one of many. I'm talking about West Texas as a whole shifts when we praise God in this place. And the sons and daughters, that's what this is so profound to me in this prep, is that the sons and daughters of the king of the universe come alongside their father to establish his kingdom in these moments. We are the sons and daughters. We're not Christians. We are the sons and daughters to Father God, creator of everything, author and perfecter, beginning and end. We are the sons and daughters. And so, just like a pebble, if you drop it in a body of water, we see ripples, right? And they'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. What the Lord showed me is that, you know those little plastic kiddie pools they have at uh, like Walmart and stuff? You buy for the summer, you destroy it, you throw it away, you go buy a new one. 
uh, next summer. What he's shown me, what it's like when the, his people come alongside and they begin to praise his name. This is like a boulder bigger than me drops on one of those kiddie pools. There ain't no way that that water is not affected, right? There's not any way that the structure is not affected by the power of God in those moments. Everything is affected. I don't know about you guys, but that makes me never want to stop praising. That makes me never want to stop singing. Never, I never want to stop having expectant faith for God to move in a big way. In a big way. Did you come in here this morning with expectant faith for God to move in a mighty way? Not just on your behalf, not just in this building, but in our nation. In this city that when we walk outside and we look for the first time at sundown, we're seeing a new version of it. Because the kingdom of God is here in a bigger way than it was when we entered. That gets me excited. Makes me never want to stop. And here's the great news. You don't have to. Oh my goodness, we don't have to. But we've gotten so locked into this routine that God moves on Sundays between 9 a.m. and 12 o'clock. God takes lunch break at 12. And anything after that's not of the Lord. Right? I'm not saying that as much in here, but we got into this routine. God, God works on Sundays. He does things on Sundays. And Randy's talked about this. We measure the effect of God based on how good the music and the sermon was. That's not it. That's not it at all. So the good news is that it never has to stop. As we go out from here, we get the honor. The honor that we take for granted, but we get the honor to co-shepherd and co-labor with Christ. We get that honor. We get to leave here and you get the honor of being the answer to someone's prayers. Man, that's exciting to me. That is so exciting. And it's not like God's going to have to orchestrate all these crazy events for you to be the answer to this prayer. He's just going to ask you to continue to live and pursue Him in your daily life, and you will find yourself in that place to be that answer. It's so simple. So simple, and it's so awesome how He orchestrates these things. How conversations with people that you wouldn't normally have have because you spilled something on your shirt and you had to go home and change. Right? He'll take care of it. But you get to be the answer to someone's prayers. You get to co-shepherd, co-labor with Christ. We get to be that. We get to establish the kingdom of our Father with every breath that fills our lungs. So do you come with expectation? Do you come with expectation, church? And do you leave with expectation? We should live in a constant state of expectation of a mighty work of God. Because with every step that you take, a mighty work of God has just been authored. I've spoken about this before. Zach and I, we had different uh, responsibilities in our day-to-day. We had a lot more free time that was ours And I miss that, honestly. Um, But 
what we got to do is the Lord just showed us, just walk this city and pray. And what he showed me is that with every step, it was like, it was a golden footprint all over town. Just these golden footprints. What is that? It's like, that's my kingdom. That's my presence that's just been placed right there where your foot stepped. That's territory that is now mine because you stepped there. Oh man, that got Zach and I fired up. It's like, dude, we can, we can walk all over Sunday and let's just do that. And we would walk around that school and we'd walk around this church and the Lord would lead us down streets and we'd walk and pray over houses. Probably looking like a bunch of crazies, but we didn't care. It's just the power of God was being released with each step. So when we sing this song again, I want you to recognize that one of the ways that we fight our battles, one of the ways that we intercede on behalf of our cities, of our families, of the people outside there that are praying for you to be their answer right now, one of the ways that we fight for them is in our praise. In our unrelenting praise. And when we leave here, when we leave this building, we get to walk into something new because God has just established His kingdom in a degree that did not, was not established before our praise. The kingdom of God has come. His will is done with each utterance of our voices and our hearts and our position to Him. Man, that's powerful. That gets me excited. I'm telling you, I could talk about this for a long time because there's just really no comprehending what happens when we praise God. There's really no comprehending what it looks like for the creator of the universe to inhabit your praise and the effect that that has on the world around you. That's mighty. It's mighty. So when we sing again, I pray that you would sing from that expectation. That with every breath that fills my lungs, the Lord is establishing His kingdom through that praise. And that world out there will be affected by it. And then it will continue to be affected by it as you go into your daily lives. Because you get to continue to co-shepherd and co-labor. We need laborers. Because the harvest is plentiful. And people have prayed for laborers. We have prayed for laborers. And he's answered that prayer. And it's you and me. So let's go do it. There's a harvest ripe waiting. And the kingdom of God is being established. It's just waiting on his people. Waiting on his sons and daughters to continue what's started right here. Continue it out there. So Lord, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you, oh man, that we don't fully and we will never fully understand the degree in which you pursue us, the degree of power that exists when your people come together to praise your name, to bless your name. We will never see fully, be able to comprehend fully what that is. But Lord, we thank you that we can with expectant faith say, as I praise, the world around me changes. 
because I am a son to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And I am co-laboring, I am co-shepherding with him. That there would no longer be sheep without a shepherd. That there would no longer be a harvest with too few laborers. Lord, the next great move of God is in this room. The next miracle of God is in this room. The hope, the love, the peace, the joy of the world is in this room. I pray that we would receive that and walk out in it to a changed world, to a changed city because the kingdom of God has been established and will continue to be established. Who can stand against God's elect? There's no one. I just thank you for this mighty army that exists in this room. Thank you for the army of warriors that exists in West Texas. I pray that we would walk in expectant faith of what you're doing and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.